Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast where we talk all things inspiration, education, diving deep into the stories of successful entrepreneurs and I'm super excited about today's episode because we've got one of the best property gurus in Australia to talk to about strategy, why property as a wealth creation opportunity, Marissa Schultz who is the co-founder of the multi-award winning Broking Firm. Rise High Financial Solutions. She is a high-level investor in all areas of property, renovator, developer in residential and commercial, but she also was one of the voices for the everyday average person to take on the government when the big changes were going to happen around the Royal Commission. So sit back, enjoy, and we look forward to talking to Marissa this week on the One Shop Movement Podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast where we dive deep in all to the successful entrepreneurs that are out there making it happen. I'm super excited for today's episode because I always talk about building a winning team and I've been able to secure one of my advisors in property, property investing, property strategy and without doubt one of the leading voices for property around Australia at the moment. She's uh, an author. She's regularly interviewed on TV for property. She's actually a voice for the everyday average person. And in Australia last year, everyone would have known the Royal Commission. Marissa used to go and face the government head on and really talk around the little person and making sure that the banks don't have control. And she's done that on a number of times along the journey. And we're going to be talking about property, why property, property investing, strategy. So I'm super excited to have Marissa on the show. Welcome, Marissa. And I'd love to hear you share a bit more of your story, where you started your journey to where you are today as a multi-award winning agency in the property market with Rise High. Thanks, Craig. And thanks for having me today. Uh, So I started my property investment journey when I was 18. So I bought my first investment property at the age of 18 with some money that I'd saved up from part-time jobs that I was doing whilst at school. And it's fair to say that I quickly got the property investment bug and uh, went on to accumulate 10 properties in my first five years of investing. So this is quite early on in my investment journey. And I guess over time, I've really, you know, gone through a lot of experiences with property and expanded the different things that I've done with property, including subdivision development and really taken property investment to another level. But for me, I've found that, you know, now I'm at a stage where I really enjoy also giving back to other people and helping them to achieve their financial goals through property investment and smart financial decisions. And, you know, yeah, you have, you've done everything in property from, you know, buying a house and renovating it to developments to just uh, straight out meat and potato investings, buying houses where the economics work, you've done commercial, you have done a lot in property. Um, Is there a favourite thing that you like doing as an investor yourself? Yeah, look, I think I have tried it all and I really have enjoyed the different stages of each uh, phase of my property investment career. And I think 
I am quite a low risk investor. So I have enjoyed, you know, in the early years, I really was very much buy and hold and, and pretty, pretty simple, low risk residential property. As my confidence and knowledge has grown, I've felt confident to tackle uh, different types of projects like subdivisions and developments and adding value through cosmetic renovations and looking at commercial properties and just seeing uh, where there is more profit to be made. So I really, but overall, I actually do really like the buy and hold strategy, regardless of what I'm doing, even if it's subdivision or development or renovating or commercial, it's for me, it's always fundamentally been buy and hold strategy. And that's really my preferred property investment strategy across the board. And when you say buy and hold, like there are people on the audience that are actually, you know, they're sitting in a job, they have their own house, they're looking to invest in. What is that strategy? Because, you know, you could be buying a house and holding that could be negatively geared. You know, I know that you guys really look at it as a business and look at the numbers and everything there. What are you looking for and what is a buy and hold strategy? Yeah, well, for me, the buy and hold strategy is simply, as it sounds, you buy a property and you hold it for the long term. But to be able to hold it long enough for it to produce a a really strong capital growth and a really strong return for you, you really need to ensure that you've got your cash flow calculations done, you know, really, really accurately. So basically, when I'm looking at a buy and hold strategy, we're looking at properties that you can afford to hold long term. When I say long term, you shouldn't buy anything you can afford you can't afford to hold for at least 15 years. You know, for me, 15 years is the minimum ownership, you know, time frame of, of an individual property. And I look for properties that make sense from day one. So I'm not interested in properties that, you know, are going to cost me $500 a week out of pocket to hold because it's going to take a long time before that property can actually support itself. So I'm looking at properties that have really good cash flow really good rental returns or or potentially I can add value to that property almost immediately to increase the rental return to a point where it's actually not going to cost very much per week to hold or if it, or if it does cost a little bit out of pocket then at least in the next you know in the first 5 years of ownership it is going to become neutrally geared or even positively geared so if you've got properties that you accumulate that aren't costing you a lot out of pocket to hold then you can of course buy more properties and with more properties, you've got more opportunity for long-term wealth creation and long-term capital growth. So my strategy has always been around strong rental returns, uh, solid rental areas where tenants want to, you know, tenants are attracted to those areas in metropolitan suburbs of Australian capital cities. So fairly, fairly low risk, quite a boring investment strategy, but it works really well and it works every time. So that's the way I like it. <laughs> that's what we want. We want something that works every time. There are obviously the odd mishap of a bad tenant here and there, but overall I've been an investor for 17 years myself and we're counting out of my 11 houses that probably five times in 17 years where I've had a, an issue of a tenant or something. So um, it is a really, really good strategy and something that I've certainly followed in your footsteps with as well. So while we're talking about property, there's so many different ways to make money in terms of you could be investing on the stock market. There's other different strategies as well. Why do you love property so much? Look, I love property because 
firstly, I think it's a really great and predictable way to build wealth over the long term. So when I say long term, once again, I'm talking 15 years plus. I don't see property as a get rich quick scheme. I see it as a long term, get rich slow scheme. Um, and I think that for me, it's predictable because you know, it's been very predictable historically and I think moving forward we also see that it is very predictable. So that's one of the first thing. I think the other thing is that property has been very consistent for a long time and it continues to be very consistent over the, you know, future long term. So that's another thing that I like. I am a low-risk investor, so I like the fact that property is also a lot more stable than other investment vehicles like shares can fluctuate quickly overnight. You don't see that with property. It's a much... You know, it's a much longer term view, which I like. I also am a very lazy investor. So I like the fact that property is set and forget. I don't have to do anything with it. I just buy the property. I give it to my property manager and I just collect the rent every month. So that, you know, suits my lifestyle. I don't want to have to, I don't want my property investments to impact my lifestyle. So that's great. I love the fact that it's easy to understand and it's very easy to, you know, execute in your own life. I also love the fact that you're in control of it. So I do like the fact that it's, you know, you can actually drive past it and see it. You can visit the property. You're actually in control of the decisions that you make with your property and what you do with it. You're in control of what tenant lives in there. You're in control of what improvements you make, what value you add. You know, when you invest in superannuation or shares, you're really at the mercy of the company directors and you don't actually have any control over your asset. Uh, you don't have control over what that company does and the decisions it makes. But when you're a property investor and you own a property, you are really the controller and every decision comes back to you. So I really like that. I love the fact that property investment allows you to reduce your tax whilst working, but it also allows you to have a passive income in retirement, which I really love. And most of all, I love the fact that the leverage power of property. So, you know, given that property is one of the, or seen to be as one of the most secure uh, secure, like the highest level of security from a bank's perspective, banks are willing to lend you 90 to 95% of the value of a property, which means you can use more of the bank's money to build your portfolio sooner. When you compare that to shares um, and other investment vehicles, the banks won't lend you anywhere near that percentage, which means that you have to put in more of your own money to make those investments work. So I like the fact that I can use other people's money like the banks, yeah. to actually grow my investment property portfolio sooner. So that I think they're the reasons that property has been my preferred vehicle. Mm. Oh, look, you just covered everything really from A to Z of why you would consider property as an investor. And if you are someone that's sitting on the fence at the moment, uh, you're scared of a couple of things like the word debt. Why should, you know, I don't want to have a, a $1 million mortgage or, or even the media and how they talk about, you know, uh, the property market's going to drop and we're just coming out of a cycle. What, what, what's your advice typically around that type of conversation? Yeah, look, I often see that the thing that holds people back is generally their fear. And there's three main fears that I think, you know, really hold them back. And that's a fear of debt, like you mentioned, um, a fear of making sacrifices. So people think that the property, you know, the investment property they buy is going to mean they have to make sacrifices in their life. And also a fear of failure. So buying the wrong property or making the wrong investment decisions. I guess what I'd say to these is that, you know, everything 
that fear is only temporary but regret lasts forever. And the way that I look at it is that most of us are driven by fear. The way that I see it is that when I started my property investment journey, I knew that I wanted a life where I could have choices and make decisions about how I wanted to live, not only in the younger years of my life, but also to have choices as to when and how I retired and when I and how I had the financial freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do because I wanted to do it rather than have to do it for the money. So for me, the thought of being one of the average Australians retiring on $22,000 a year, uh, that is a lot scarier to me than taking some really calculated risks and actually pursuing an investment portfolio. So I think every Australian needs to look at their financial position and see well, what is my future going to look like if I do nothing? Hmm. And for many Australians that, you know, the average Australian male has just over $200,000 in super at the age of 65. Now that's going to have to last them for a 20 year retirement. So that's not going to go very far. And then potentially they might be eligible for the pension, but they need to really assess, you know, are they happy to live on an income of 30,000 a year in retirement? Or do they actually want to make some choices now that will enable them to have more? So I guess the question is, what scares you more? Mm. You know, are you more scared of, um, you know, basically entering the unknown, but doing it with a professional team that are supporting you and find, surrounding yourself by the right people? Or are you more scared of, you know, ending up like the majority of Australians having to live on the poverty line when they retire and having to work until they're 75? So I guess that's in terms of the fear of debt. The other thing I'd say is that debt can be very well managed if you sit with the right mortgage broker and you have a debt management strategy and a debt management plan. You've got to be quite strategic about your debt and understand the difference between good debt and bad debt. So I'm definitely not you know, promoting that you extend yourself to a position that's uncomfortable, but to grow your debt in a very smart and sensible manner to support purchase of income producing assets that will grow in value is quite a sensible way of doing it. So definitely having a good debt management strategy in place will help. In terms of the fear of making sacrifices and the fear of failure, I think that comes down to making sure that you buy the right type of property for you and your circumstances in life. And that really comes around, you know, surrounding yourself with the right team of people that can help to guide you as to your cash flow and what you can actually afford as to the right type of property for you at the particular stage of life and in the journey that you're at and making sure that you actually avoid the costly mistakes by actually getting the right advice up front. So I feel like for those people that are really struggling to overcome their fears, you know, everything they want is on the other side of their fear. So it's just a matter of taking some actions and taking some steps to get the right team around them so that they can actually pursue their dreams and move through those fears because once they do, they won't regret it. Yeah, and, and also we've had this conversation many, many a times and it usually comes around when the media starts beating up on property prices in Australia. It's a bust. It's just about to drop 30%. What's your advice if you've got a client or someone coming to you to look to invest and they're, you know, that's, they're holding them back? Yeah, look, I've been an investor for 20 years now, so a couple of decades, and at every point in that journey, there has been someone saying that the property market's going to drop by 30 to 
So every single year during that cycle that's um, happened and guess what? They've always been wrong. Um, and I think, you know, the fundamentals come down to simple supply and demand. The reality is that the Australian population is growing and we have space for the Australian population to continue to grow. So, so, so demand will continue to grow. Uh, supply, well, we do have a limited supply of land. So where you have a limited supply of land and a growing population, the end result is that property prices have to continue to grow. Of course, every state has a different cycle and every state looks a bit different. So you've got, um, you know, you do have ups and downs and it's not a smooth line when you look at it on the chart. But when you look at it over the long term, over, you know, 20 years plus, you can see that the general direction is always up. There might be a few little bumps in the road, but ultimately, you know, property prices are moving up. So I think that you just have to ignore the doomsday people <laughs> and you have to focus on the fundamentals of demand and supply mm. where you have increasing demand and a fixed level of supply. Well, prices will rise. Yeah, and also, yeah, there will be uh, little micro markets within the market too. So if you are investing in a small country town, you, you, you might see a 20% drop, but, you know, that's sort of not a strategy for someone like yourself and, you know, you, you don't see that sort of swing because you're making smart, slow, long-term investment decisions. Yeah, I look, I actually tend to avoid regional towns that's just my risk profile i prefer to stick to you know metro capital cities uh just safe investments that will always perform well over the long term places with good you know good amount of population places near jobs schools transport hospitals that sort of stuff Hmm. And while we're talking about investing and so on, we might continue on with a theme. And if someone was looking to get started as a property investor and build a future and take control of their life, what are the things that they do need to consider? Because there's the economics and the cash flow, there's deposit, there's bank, there's accounting structures. What are some of the things that people really need to consider before taking the plunge? Look, I think the first step is for you to have a really good understanding of your financial position currently. And that includes understanding well, how much do you have in savings? How much do you have in equity currently with existing properties that you have? How is your cash flow going? So understanding your living expenses, your income and expenses, and actually how much money you might have each week available to put towards your investment portfolio. So having a really good understanding of your current position and what your income available is to contribute to your investment portfolio will really set you up in good stead for making a plan that's going to fit with your lifestyle and not compromise your current lifestyle having to see you making too many sacrifices. Once you understand your financial position and your cash flow, uh, then you can really easily sit down with a mortgage broker and understand your borrowing capacity to see what is possible for you and how can you move forward with your plan to build a property investment portfolio. Um, once you've done that and you can understand your goals and your long-term strategy, it actually becomes quite easy to figure out what is the type of investment property for you that's going to help you to achieve that goal. If you are a first-time investor or even 
you know, even an experienced investor, it's really good, like Craig said at the beginning, to, you know, set yourself up with the right team of experts around you that can help you to find the right property for you, make sure that your debt structure is right, make sure that you've got the right ownership structure, the right tax structure, to ensure that you actually maximise your profit and your benefits from the property that you're purchasing. So basically, that's it. You, you do that, you buy your first investment property, and then you repeat the process. Yeah. And the first one is the hardest, you know. And, but the thing is, it gets easier. Every time you do it, the more properties you have, the easier it gets. I think most people, too, end up getting, uh, I guess their, their risk or their downside can catch you out. Like if you don't know your current financial position and then you go on to your third investment and there might be not quite perfect numbers stacking up for you and you lose a tenant or something might happen, it's really important to make sure that you do know those numbers, which Marissa was talking about right at the start. Yeah, look, I've found that the only people that have lost money out of property are people that have generally either bought in really risky locations, so like mining towns, for example, where they bought when the town was booming and then and then that town loses its industry and can't sustain that investment property anymore. Or more significantly is people buying investment properties they really can't afford to hold, hmm. in which case they're having to sell those properties before they actually realise the capital growth. So understanding your financial position and your cash flow will help you to find the right properties that suit your position and ensure that you are able to hold them long enough to make those capital gains. Mm. And uh, Marissa's, uh, we've been talking about property strategy and getting a really good understanding of property, but, you know, you're a highly successful businesswoman as well. You've got a, a very successful mortgage broking business, Rise High, and, you know, you've got 10, 12 brokers, 20 staff, an office. Uh, you're an author, uh, so we'll talk a bit about that book, but you're also in the media quite often as well, and I call you a voice for the everyday average person. Uh, you you, you know, you, you took the government head on with the Royal Commission. You've done the same again with land tax issues that have come up. You won't allow the big institutions to just get a free hit. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and why you're passionate about that? Because that's something a lot of people would sit back and just wouldn't get involved with. Yeah, look, I, I guess I feel quite a lot of gratitude that I've been able to do what I have been able to do. And the property portfolio that I've built up has really allowed me to have a lot of freedom to make a lot of choices in my life. And I'm at a point where I believe that my success is determined by the positive difference I can make in other people's lives. And one thing that I really enjoy is to help other people increase their financial literacy and increase their financial position through property investment so that they can have the life that they dream of, not only in the short term, but in the long term. So for me, I just see that standing up to government against policy changes that will impact, you know, property investors really trying to make a go out of it and trying to become self-funded retirees. Mm. I just see that as my duty to ensure that I'm protecting the people that are really trying hard to make a better future for themselves and their families and not be a burden on the government. So I basically, and that's the other reason why I wrote my book, I just want to change more people's lives and help them to achieve the financial freedom that I've been able to achieve through property investments. So for me, that's what it's all about, you know, and I'll continue fighting 
for anyone that wants to go out there and make something of their life and, and really work hard to build something that will help them to leave a legacy and also have the future that they want because I just think that is something as a country we need to start promoting. The Australian government's not going to be able to keep sustaining the pension at its current levels. So I think we all have a duty to take control of our own financial position and I want to support and back the people that do actually take proactive action to improve their own financial position through property investment. Mm. And we, ha- we, did, we have touched on this a couple of times throughout in regards to um, having a good team around you, experts I consider rise high as a part of my team in, in the property space that I do lean on for um, my portfolio strategy, investing um, and, and even securing finance as well. What about your journey? How, have you had good mentors um, in your life and how important do you see having a mentor for success in general? Yeah, absolutely. I think mentors are so important because uh, they can help to guide you through achieving your goals whilst avoiding costly mistakes. And that's really important. You know, property investment, you are talking about fairly significant transaction sizes. So it is important to get mentorship from people that have done it so that you can avoid those costly mistakes. Uh, So the other thing that I think is really important with mentorship is accountability because sometimes when you're going through your path, it can be really easy to lose sight of things when little hurdles come up along the way and having a mentor that can just guide you and support you through those those little speed bumps can actually really help to ensure that you stay on your path and stick to your goals. So I've had lots of mentors throughout my property investment journey and now I really enjoy being one. Mm. And you're also, I guess, if we talk a bit more specifically about Rise High, you know, your business is evolving where it's education, you know, you've launched your book, Um, we've had your very dear husband, James, on our show before talking around um, uh, some of the other things that you've been doing in business as well, like digital marketing strategy to amplify growth. Um, where is Rise High headed and what's uh, your plans over the next three to five years? Do you have numbers set, goals? Uh, yeah, love to hear about it. Oh, de- definitely my passion and focus is financial literacy education. So that's where we're taking Rise High. So we've just recently launched our money mentoring program, which has two different levels. One level for people that want to just improve their money management and their everyday money decisions and another level for people that want to build an investment property portfolio. So my plan moving forward for Rise High is just to ramp up significantly the educational content and the financial literacy education that we're putting out into the world because our mission is just to improve, you know, improve the financial literacy of the lives that we touch. So Basically, everything for us revolves around education and greater financial literacy, and that's what we'll be focusing on moving forward. And and you're also involved actively in children education around money and property in that too. Is that obviously something you're quite passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. We love sort of going into schools and volunteering our time to teach the kids because they love learning about money and our education system, I think, fails in that respect of actually educating our youth about financial literacy. So 
that's something that we just do um, as out of the love of it. And we really love sort of giving back to the community and, and the kids love it as well. They love learning about money and, and what it all means and what to do with it. So it's really fun and we just love giving back. Mm, no, you do such a great job for lots of people around and, you know, people's, everyone's circumstances are different. So a broker is so important that not just a broker, as I'll say, there's the good, bad and ugly in every industry. There's great brokers and bad brokers. There's great personal trainers and bad personal trainers. But it is really important to, to get, get uh, the right people around you that have what you already want, you know, already investors, already property um, developers and, and have already walked the path before you but just so important to have that guidance because it is a complex it's a simple thing and and yeah marissa described uh that slow growth strategy can be a simple thing but it can be complicated there is accounting structures to consider there's legal and conveyancing issues so you do need to have the moving parts of team involved um what would you say uh for people if they are investing to really get good advice around you know accountant and stuff like that as well look i think every investor needs a really good accountant who is a property investor themselves and really understands different ownership structures understands land tax understands you know will help them also with not only their current ownerships but what their um, exit strategy might be, whether that's through their will or, or how that sort of plays out. But the other thing that every investor needs is a really good mortgage broker um, because finance is ultimately the key to being able to expand your property portfolio. So without having a good mortgage broker that's constantly reviewing your borrowing capacity and working out what's the best debt structure for you, how can you get to the next property how can you make sure that you are maximizing your position to get you to your goals sooner uh, it's very hard so i would say accountant and mortgage broker at the top of the list i would then say obviously as a property investor you're going to have a good property um, manager that you trust that is looking after your properties well so i would say that they're the three non-negotiables uh, that you really need to have in your team but outside of that, I'd also be looking for a good conveyance or a lawyer to handle all of your settlements and make sure that you've got a good insurance broker looking after all your landlords and building insurance. Uh, so they're, they're pretty much the basics of what you need in your team um, and making sure, like you said, Craig, that really the people that you want to surround yourself with, they should have actually personally achieved what you, wanted to, what you want to achieve. So they've actually got the first-hand experience or they should have actually experienced helping other people to do what you want to do. So they would be the ways that I would check if the person that you're thinking of bringing into your team is the right person for you. Mm. And just to put a real-life example into that equation, if you ignore that and just go and buy a house in your own name and then go and sell it, that could have tax implications where you do lose profit so if you you've got a plan you, you really do need that person that understands your strategy because the different structure that you buy something in can have a significant impact um, do you want to just reiterate that yeah absolutely and it's not only it's not only an impact in tax but it's also an impact in asset protection so you know if you're um, buy, if you buy an investment property in your own name and then you go and start a business and something happens or goes wrong with that business or potentially 
you know, you, you get a divorce or a relationship breakup, you know, that property is potentially exposed and exposed in a way which means you might lose everything you've built, you know. So not having the right advice about ownership structure or debt structure, uh, like I said, you know, throughout the podcast, that it can be very costly to fix these problems. Hmm. And, for example, buying the property in the wrong ownership structure, the only way to fix that is to sell the property to another ownership structure, which means that you potentially are up for more stamp duty and capital gains tax, which can be very, very expensive. So it's really important to spend the time to make, you know, find the right team of people, make sure that you've got the right advice up front so that you can avoid these really potentially costly mistakes. Yeah, and, I, and I'm asking a lot of questions here. And the One Shot Movement podcast is about inspiration, education, and helping people to live that extraordinary life. And when I've got an expert like Marissa on here on the show, I am diving a little bit deeper into some things that people will just oversee. If you don't know what you don't know, you often go and fall off the cliff. So, you know, I have been asking a lot of really important questions here so usually when we wrap up the episode I always ask a few rapid fire questions so first one is do you have a favorite book outside of your very own book well probably Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad was the book that got me into property investment so I have to say that one what about are you a podcast fan what podcast are you into other than the one shot movement podcast well, congratulations on your podcast, Craig. I really enjoy that. But I also really like the Marie Folio podcast. Okay, I haven't heard that one before, so I have to go and check it out. What would you say the best piece of advice is that you've ever received? It could be when, you know, from your, uh, your mum or your dad. It could be from someone at school. What would be the best advice you've ever received? That anything is possible as long as you work hard and believe it is. Okay, and I'll give you one more rapid-fire question. Do you have a favourite quote? Everything is figureoutable. And where do we find Marissa Schultz and Rise High for more information if anyone wants to reach out and connect? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We have a Rise High TV page on YouTube. So pretty much everywhere. Yes, and I'd highly recommend if you are interested in uh, property investing strategy but you're not ready yet, I'd still encourage you just to follow because they do educate and provide a lot of really relevant information and resources that are quite handy to know. So on that note, I want to thank uh, Marissa for jumping on. She's a very busy, uh, influential businesswoman that's you know got a superwoman cape that's fighting the governments and writing books and speaking on tv but she's also an incredible mother and uh, got building an incredible family too so let's uh thank uh, marissa thanks craig thanks for having me Hope you got a lot out of today's session. It was highly educational. As you can tell, Marissa is an extremely experienced uh, businesswoman and also as an investor, renovator, developer in the property space. So I wanted to really give you a lot of value and education into why property as a wealth creation strategy. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. My name's Craig Schultz. I'm the host of the One Shot.
Shot Movement Podcast.